This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I am Frank Morano. I um, I can't tell if Pat McAfee is a total buffoon or the greatest media mind who has ever lived. So Pat McAfee, just to catch you up, he, he, he's done a lot of things in broadcasting. I, I don't even know all the things that he's done. But... He has exploded over the last couple of years hosting a very popular podcast. I think one of the most popular in the world, quite frankly, in which he um, interviews people, gives commentary, mostly about sports. I don't know if it's I don't I don't listen or watch. I don't think it's exclusively about sports, but it's mostly about sports. And he was doing so well that he got hired by ESPN for $85 million over five years. They paid him $85 million over five years to air his podcast. That's it. He can still, he, so as I understand it now, and um, if Matt Blaze, if you know more than me, please feel free to interject. But as I understand it, his, he does a two-hour daily show. An hour of it airs on ESPN, and the other hour airs on just the Internet. So it's very clever and they always t- tell us to do these things when we're promoting podcasts or whatever else. They call it drop and leave, is use your broader platform, whether it's a radio station, a radio network, or in this case, a TV network, to get people to tune in to what you have to go and search out on the Internet and build your own following that way. But one of the things that... Uh, so now he has this weekly spot with Aaron Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jets quarterback who I think played all of four minutes for the New York Jets uh, this past season, although he won their Bart Starr Award for inspiration. Imagine if he played eight minutes, what they would be doing. They'd probably make him the team MVP. So Aaron Rodgers, even when he's injured, goes on Pat McAfee's podcast. here, And, and now, and now keep in mind, this show is airing on ESPN. And he, Aaron Rodgers goes on there each week, and he's bashing, in the most recent edition of this podcast, ESPN executive Mike Foss. I'd like to put this uh, to bed to move forward. I don't understand to just finish this up. You know, I do understand. Um, I don't, I, but I don't understand a Mike Voss comment um, because he didn't mm-hmm. help out either. And I'm going to quote Mike Voss. He said, "Aaron made a dumb and factually incorrect joke about Jimmy Kimmel. It should never have happened. We all realized that in the moment." 
Mike, you're not helping. You're not helping because I just read earlier exactly what I said. So, and this is this is the game plan of the media. And now, putting aside the Epstein and Jimmy Kimmel thing, this is wild. This guy goes on this show every week, even if he was just a guest, and he's bashing one of the top executives at ESPN, the very network which is airing this show. This would be the equivalent of me having Bo Deedle in here on a weekly basis, and Bo Deedle comes on and bashes Chad Lopez, the president of our network or something. That's the equivalent of what you're seeing here. It's not quite as bad as bashing Bob Iger, but it's it's bad. And Aaron Rodgers gets paid to do this. Now, back up a little. Aaron Rodgers is not the only guest that's getting paid to be on the Pat McAfee show. Nick Saban, who's sort of a, a legendary college, I think basketball coach, also goes on the Pat McAfee show each week, and he gets paid. I don't think he gets paid. Oh, football. What what football team did he coach? You don't? Oh, Alabama? You, oh, you guys don't know? So, okay, University of Alabama. So, uh, did, did that go out over the air, or was that just in my headphones? It, just in my headphones. All right, so, again, if we're having a conversation, just feel free to... Go ahead and um, and and say it on the air. So he, um, Nick Saban, and Aaron Rodgers both get paid on a, a weekly basis to go on this show. I don't think Nick Saban is getting what Aaron Rodgers is getting, but Aaron Rodgers is getting over a million dollars a year, seven figures. It's incredible. And Pat McAfee, when the New York Post and other outlets reported on this, he defended this. And you know what? It is an interesting strategy. He picks guys that everybody wants to hear from. Uh, in the case of uh, NFL fans, Aaron Rodgers, in the case, and not just NFL fans, you know, Aaron Rodgers did a pretty serviceable job as the host of Jeopardy after Alex Trebek passed away as well. Did a pretty good job there. And Nick Saban, in the case of college football fans, and he gets all this buzz. I- I'll be honest, before Aaron Rodgers started to use this as a weekly platform for saying conspiratorial things, I didn't even know who Pat McAfee was. And now. He gets written about literally every day. Got millions of listeners and $85 million from ESPN. Now, I don't know how ESPN is going to handle what, you know, the critics of Aaron Rodgers are calling the weekly Aaron Rodgers conspiracy podcast that's airing on uh, on ESPN. But that's besides the point. There was an article recently in Barrett Media suggesting that mainstream talk shows shows that aren't sports shows should consider doing the same thing Pat McAfee does for the same reasons finding high profile people or just interesting people that would be interesting guests and pay them to come on on a regular basis and that's not unheard of you know when you watch Fox News or MSNBC a lot of these people that have that title of uh, Fox News contributor Fox News legal analyst MSNBC uh, criminal justice advocate or uh, analyst, they're getting paid to essentially be a guest on a bunch of those shows on the network. So it got me thinking, now I don't have the money to pay anybody, but if I did, let's say I I struck it rich in the uh, mega millions next week, who would you be interested in having as a paid regular guest on this show, I, I'm going to share with you the list that I put together. I asked my neighbor, um, Nick, across the street, I asked him, what's one guest 
that you absolutely have to tune into. You hear they're going to be on a show, television, radio, whatever, and you absolutely must tune in. Just knowing that they're going to be on makes you tune in. And putting aside people like Dr. Sky and Brian Kilmeade, who would it be? And he came up with two names. Um, one, I figured, he, you know, he might say. The other one kind of took me by surprise. Not that I, it was a bad choice, just I didn't think of it. The two people that he named were uh, Tom Brady and Donald Trump. Now, Trump, uh, you know, he's so uh, in, involved in talk radio, uh, talk, the talk radio audience so loves Donald Trump. I could see Trump being worthy of being paid to be on a show. I mean, I could see him doing it for $1,000 a week. You know, a 20-minute call-in to a, a radio station, a radio show. I could see him doing it. Um, Tom Brady, I don't know his deal, but and I, don't, I also don't know how interesting he is in regular interviews. I've heard him on a couple of radio shows. He was okay. But I also don't know how much um, crossover appeal Tom Brady has to non-sports fans, honestly. So if you were going to put together a list of people that, you think are good enough as regular guests or regular contributors to be worth paying, who would you put on it? 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. I made a brief list here. And obviously, look, this reflects my sensibilities, but I think it also reflects what I think people would be interested in hearing about. And people that have such a following on their own that just having them on on a weekly basis would move the needle in terms of audience. So I've come up just in the last minute. I've come up with seven, right? And I'm sure there are a lot of others. But And if if there are other contributions, we'll post them. Here are the seven that I came up with. Glenn Greenwald. I have become such a fan of Glenn Greenwald's uh, show, System Update. I think it's great. And I've been following his journalism for years, from even before The Intercept, even before Edward Snowden, when he was writing for The Guardian. I think the guy, I don't don't know if he's left-wing, I don't know if he's right-wing, I don't know if he's all over the place. I think the guy's brilliant. But even more than being brilliant, the way that he frames arguments, the way that he frames debates, the things that he says, is just, I think, so interesting. And... Guy's got a massive following of a couple of million people on social media. So chances are, if he were to be a paid regular contributor, he would probably, you know, probably uh, move the needle. Two is um, Tucker Carlson uh, for some of the same reasons. Three is Ron Paul. I know Ron Paul's a little older. I don't think that takes anything away from either his following or his unique kind of anti-establishment take on the the issues. Um, Four, this is, again, reflecting my personal biases, William Shatner. Now, I don't know if I could come up with, I don't see him doing it for $1,000 a week, but I could see him maybe doing it for two grand a week, being just a regular guest on radio. I could absolutely see it. Five is uh, somebody that you never hear from, and that's precisely why I think he would be such a draw and such an interesting guest, Matt Drudge. Matt Drudge as a legal analyst, not a legal analyst, as a media analyst, and as a guy that knows the media, and as a guy that knows politics, and a guy that knows how to attract an audience, I don't think there's anybody better. And the guy, as a radio theater of the mind person, his show was terrific. Uh, six, 
Pete Rose. Pete Rose, fascinating guy, especially during baseball season. But think of all the things you could talk to Pete Rose about. It's not just baseball. It's the legal system. It's gambling. It's uh, Las Vegas. It's everything. And seven, and uh, maybe this is impractical because he's got such a massive following now with his own podcast, but the seventh person that I came up with was was Joe Rogan, uh, just because he does have such a massive following that I think he could move the, the needle. So those are my seven. I'm curious if you were suggesting, let's say you have a limitless budget and someone is asking you this question, who would you pay? to be a regular guest on radio? That's the question. A question. Since before your sun burned hot in space and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. 800-848-9222. It's 800-848-9222. Who's so interesting, so entertaining, so compelling, so fascinating that they would make a show better just by being on it, and they're worthy of being paid. I gave you my seven. I'd love to hear yours. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Noam Layden, who thankfully I don't have to pay, but somebody's paying him, is coming up in about uh, 10 minutes. He'll bring you uh, some other news that is worth hearing. And uh, we'll uh, chat with him about a bunch of other things. And then uh, tomorrow, we've got some pretty interesting stuff coming your way as well, which I'll bring to your attention. If you ever want to email me with your thoughts on the program, you can certainly do so. Frank.Morano at uh, RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. Alex in Brooklyn, uh, who would you pay? Um, thanks for taking the call. I sure. would pay... Um, Jimmy Fallon. Um, personally, when I hear there's going to be on a program, I tune in to listen. Joe Rogan, Bill Maher. Oh, Bill and, Maher. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. And uh, and you'd probably get along very good with him. And I, I thought you, I thought WABC pays Brian Kilmeade to come on. It's not on the contract or something like that. No, no, I no. I mean, he uh, wasn't. No, I no. think he's a great addition to the show. Yeah, I, I really. agree. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, Brian's just. Um, no, Brian actually asked me to come on, you know, uh, for greater exposure about what he's doing on radio. Who would you pay to come on? I like that edition of uh, of Bill Maher. You know, that reminds me, um, Jimmy Fela is uh, starting this new Saturday night show, a TV show. And um, we were we were texting the other day and uh, he wants to come back on to promote it. So I'm going to reach out to him again. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, look, uh, Jimmy's a nice guy. And I thought the one time he was on the show, he was a good guest. But is he so compelling that he's worth paying? Mm, I, I, I'm going to put him on the list for the purposes of this discussion, but he's not somebody that, uh, that I would have. Again, no, nothing against Jimmy, but is he, I mean, that's a pretty high bar to be, want to be paid, to be interviewed. So in my whole history in radio, which now goes back over 20 years, I, um, more, maybe more, but the only two guests, actually there have been three, the only three guests that have ever asked me to be paid, one I'm not going to mention because I'm kind of friendly with him, so I'm not going to mention him, but he's a, a lawyer of some renown. Okay. Um, one is a lawyer that I won't mention his name. The other one was George Lazenby, who played James Bond in the movie On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and the other is uh, the pro wrestler Kurt Angle. 
Curious who else you think is, um, you know, worth being paid. 800-848-9222. Matt Blaze, anybody you'd add to our list here? 100% Kanye West. Really? You you wouldn't tune in to hear Kanye? But I would tune in to hear him once. But isn't it, it's just going to become a, a weekly Jew bashing session. I mean, I feel like I could get uh, Lynn and Maryland well, or Russell I mean, and White Plains but you could to ask, do the same thing. But if you ask him different questions about what's going on, it's just not going to be that. All I right. also thought um, Dave Chappelle. Oh, that's a good one. See, that's and, a good one. And Cardi B. Cardi B, okay. Another one, strong opinions. Okay. I, you know what? My first thought, I thought, but then I thought, I don't know about these days. I said, I was thinking Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, look, Ric Flair is my favorite, right? I, um, you know, I was thinking Ric Flair and Mike Tyson. The, the thing that I wonder about Flair, though, is does kind of the same thing that I wondered about Tom Brady, my neighbor who suggested Tom Brady. Does he have? the kind of crossover appeal to people that don't care about pro wrestling? And the answer to that is uh, I really don't know. Tony, what about you? Who are you paying if you had your druthers? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. See, that's interesting. Okay. I'll uh, I'll put that, that down on the list. Or um, isn't he Snoop Lion now? Or is he back to being Snoop Dogg? No, just Snoop Dogg. Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Okay. Not Snoop Doggy Dogg. Not Snoop Lion. Not just Snoop. He's Snoop Dogg. There you have it. All right. 800-848-9222. Who do you think is worth paying? Seriously, serious question. Let's say we had a a giant pool of money to disperse to guests on a weekly basis. They have to be regular recurring guests in the manner of what Aaron Rodgers does on Pat McAfee. Who are you paying? I'll tell you, um, well, we'll get back to that in a little bit. Bob in Manhattan, what's on your mind? Well, I've been holding on since the COVID segment, and I just wanted to say that I could be wrong, but I think it was Gary Poland from the Mayo Clinic, and again, it could have been another doctor. When it first happened, he said, it doesn't come from the southern market where Wuhan is. That bat comes from the northern part of China, and the genome sequence is 96% of a bat from northern, bats from northern China, and 4% from the pangolin, which is an anteater, East Indian Asian uh, anteater. He said that's what made it indestructible. And the Chinese scientist who developed a patent, wanted to develop a patent for it, mysteriously fell off the roof of the Wuhan Institute recently. And um, the thing about it is, is the Chinese have the DNA of every race on Earth, but you're not allowed to have the DNA of the Chinese. They were weaponizing it, you know. And after six million were dead, they gave, um, they, he gave six million to the Wuhan Institute, you know. So uh, he has a lot on his to account for. And um, the other thing is, uh, people don't realize, when you ask them what part of the federal government is the CDC, they can't answer it. Because it's not. It's a quasi-governmental mm-hmm. institution. And, and they're only beholden to their shareholders, you know. And uh, there also is a book, I think it's called Cold Spring. It's about, in the 1950s, they were weaponizing ticks in... Uh, in Plum Island, and they think right. that's how Lyme disease. Yeah, came no, out. We, we've talked about that, Bob. Thank you. I'm not going to get into everything that you mentioned there, but there you have it. Uh, 800-848-9222. Gary and Inwood, who are you paying to appear on a radio show? Good morning, Frank. Uh, two come to mind: uh, Kelsey Grammer and Derek Hunter. Well, you know, I, I think Kelsey Grammer's a great choice, and you know, he, he's somebody that's perfect because you know, Kelsey Grammer has said to me. 
and we have a, a pretty good relationship. I mean, we don't hang out, but, you know, we, we're friendly. And he said, um, whenever you want me, just text me. Let me know. And I kind of feel bad asking him all the time to come on this show because he's busy, he's doing all these different things, and I don't want to bother him. But if he was being paid, I wouldn't feel like I was bothering him. Now, um, I, I'm look, maybe I'm showing my own ignorance here, but who is Derek Hunter? Derek Hunter appears with uh, most thirdly every Saturday morning at, at 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. And what is he? He is a uh, novelist. He's a reporter. He, uh, he prints magazines. He's, he's an op-ed man. All right. And he's so good that you think he's worth paying? Absolutely. Oh, you know, I'm actually seeing that uh, Derek Hunter, I'm just looking into this now, he actually hosts a show, um, I believe he still hosts a show, on WCBM in Baltimore, where we are heard uh, right now. So maybe I'll reach out to Derek Hunter. Shame on me for not knowing that. If he's on two of the stations that I'm on uh, regularly, I'm going to have to double check that. If uh, if Sean and the guys over at um, WCBM are listening right now, let me know if Derek Hunter is is still on the station. I'm looking at the lineup now. Uh, maybe he's on the weekend. All right, 800-848-9222. Mary in Brooklyn, who are you paying? Um, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, that's a good And um, David Letterman. Jerry, I, I, th- I like both of those choices. I, I think those are both great choices, Seinfeld and Letterman, especially in the case of Letterman because... It's not like he's overexposed, you know? He's not, uh, it's not like he's doing every radio show the way, say, like an Alan Dershowitz was. Like, if Dershowitz wasn't on every show every day, I would say he's somebody that you could make a case for paying. But you could hear him, you know, in so many different places. Letterman, that's a good one. You can. I like that, Mary. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Brandon is in New Jersey. Hi, Brandon. Hey, good morning. I, uh, you be- you become such a Swifty lately. I'm surprised you didn't mention Taylor Swift. You know, I, I have never heard her in a in a radio interview. Does she? I, I mean, and I'm, and I'm not saying that. And again, I, I'm on record as saying I have nothing but respect for Taylor Swift. Uh, my wife listens to her music. Um, does she have anything to say in radio interviews? I mean, is she interesting? I don't know. I guess you would be the one to find out. But I do have uh, I do have one that I was thinking of. It would be controversial, but he could sure use your money right now. Uh, Alex Jones. Um, you know, I was wondering if somebody was going to mention Alex Jones because I mentioned Glenn Greenwald and he was in this debate on Saturday night. I haven't watched it yet with uh, Glenn Greenwald and a bunch of other people. And uh, I heard he did very well. And he is somebody that has a uh, a following. That's an interesting choice. You know, again, I don't know how I would feel if this was my money paying money to someone that is bankrupt because of the lies that they told about the Sandy Hook families. I I would have maybe a little bit of an ethical problem with that. But uh, he does have a following. That's for sure. You can't no arguing that. 800-848-9222. Deborah in Fort Lee, who are you paying? Yes, yes, Frank. Rona Barrett. Rona Barrett. She's interesting. She has a lot of stories to tell. Has a great voice. I think you should give her an hour a week. You know, well, an hour a week. You know, that reminds me, we haven't had her on in a while. I am yes. going to uh, reach out to her again, actually, because yes. I enjoyed you know, her when she was on the show. I'll reach I out did to her. too. It was fascinating, and I think she has a lot more to tell. She's got a great voice. She sounds like you, you just went on edge with her. And uh, I would give her an hour a week. You have Cindy Adams. You have a lot of people on from all different, you know, aspects. 
I think an hour a week somewhere would be fascinating. I just love that show you had months ago, actually last year. Yeah, that's right. I'm yeah, it was um I'm looking now and thank you Deborah for the suggestion and the reminder. It was actually July of 2021. So it's uh, it's been a while. So she's clearly due for a return visit. I'm going to reach out to her today. And I don't. Hopefully, she didn't hear this segment and won't ask to get paid. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Mike in New Jersey. Who are you paying? Morning, Frank. Um, I would like to see Larry David, uh, Ricky Gervais, and Tulsi Gabbard. You know, those are three brilliant choices. That is really uh, five star. I, those are three people that are absolutely worth paying in in my judgment thank you mike that's a good one larry on long island what about you frank two people mick foley would be a great guest brilliant and carson kresley who i have fallen in love with the last couple of years through the food network he is funny he is brilliant he would i'm telling you those two would make fantastic paid guests uh, you know, uh, again, pardon my ignorance. I know the name Carson Kresley, but who is he? He was one of the people that was on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, along with the host of Chopped. Um, I forget his name for Ted Allen. Um, and but Carson does a lot of different variety shows. Matter of fact, I'm seeing an ad now for him with um, Ross Matthews, who used to be a, a, a co-host on on some talk show. Um, but he is he is brilliant. He is so good. If you ever get a chance to see him on some of the food shows, he is so quick, so funny. He's he's one of Bobby Flay's favorite guests. I mean, he is just brilliant. And Mick Foley, put aside pro wrestling, I could listen to. Mick oh, Foley I'm with you. Talk. Oh, and the, the, I, I'm with you. You know, it's uh, thank you, Larry. My wife actually did an article about Mick Foley's house. I'm not joking. She did an article uh, for Newsday about Mick Foley's house, and I think she may still have Mick Foley's number. I'm going to see if maybe I can persuade her to give it to me or maybe reach out to Mick Foley and see if uh, he'll come on. That's a great suggestion, and he would be a great uh, paid guest. All right, so we got 25. Why don't we end with 30? We'll see if we can come up with an even 30, and then I'll post these in the Facebook group, and if people want to continue to add, they can. Just go on Facebook and search Moreno Radio Fans and Haters. Joe in the Wiggy Down Bronx, what do you got for us, Joe? Hey, Frank, how are you? Great, thank you. I have uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, I mean, he's worth it just for the voice alone. That's great. Yeah, I love him. He's great. That is a good one. How much do you think he'd charge? I I would say about 5000 A week? No, a month. Oh, a Once month. A okay, well, that's yeah. that's not crazy. That's not a crazy amount of money, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to reach out to Joe after the show. I'll see if maybe we can get Morgan Freeman to lower his price a little bit. Let's do one more. One more. James and Rockaway, what do you have for us? Um, AOC and Roseanne Barr. You know, I think Roseanne Barr is a great choice. I wonder if AOC is too polarizing, though, like to attract a, well, a, a you know, a like large audience. Frank, I feel like she should be honest, and you get her on the show like you do with uh, Kilmeade and uh, ask, him honest, ask her honest questions, and uh, hopefully she comes up with honest answers like yeah. Brian does. Brian's, Brian's a dynamite. And my suggestion for Brian Kilmeade, try, try to get him on a lot more. He's, uh, 
He's dynamite. Well, uh, James, thank you. You know, as, I mean, we already have him on once a week. I mean, there's nobody that we have on once a week. I mean, part of the uh, allure of this show, I think, is you kind of don't know what you're going to get. I mean, it could be anything, right? You could hear about uh, people talking about student loans or space. So, I mean, I think I, I'm happy Brian's part of the show. He'll be on tomorrow. But, uh, but more than once a week, I don't know about that. I, don't, I, think, I think he's good. He's good at once a week. I don't think I don't know that he wants to increase his work day and start it even earlier, um, even prior to five a.m. This is a good list. I'm going to save this. I'm going to post it in the Facebook group. If you want to uh, review it, just uh, search on Facebook. Morano Radio fans and haters. Noam Layden is here. We'll get the news from him straight ahead. The other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This version of uh, Major Tom may not be as good as the Shatner version, but it holds its own. It has been uh, eight years since David Bowie left us. It was eight years today uh, that he had passed away. Seems uh, hard to believe. An incredible, incredible uh, singer, songwriter, musician, and actor. Not a bad actor either. All right. Are you ready to be informed? Well, ready or not, here we come. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. From New York City, the other side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. All right, no. Inform us. Good morning, Frank. North Carolinians. Are we on in North Carolina? We are. Oh. Great, a great station in North Carolina. Well, Absolutely. They can probably have some insight to this. North Carolinians woke up on New Year's Day to just a huge shock. They were unable to access porn sites, at oh, least no. some specific ones, after the state instituted this policy where you need age verification to get onto a porn site no matter where you are in North Carolina. Uh, here is um, one of the lawmakers who had pushed for this bill that you have to be 18 or older to be able to sign on to a porn site. A soapbox for me is not whether you should be watching porn or not. What I do think is that keeping it away from minors like any other drug, cigarettes, alcohol, if they're not physically ready for that dopamine drop, they shouldn't be ready for a porn dopamine drop either. 
So then, uh, starting January 1, they passed this bill. A couple other states, by the way, have this. They're not the first to Mm. do this. But uh, this is the first time that some of the porn websites said, no, 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 no. We're not taking part in this age verification nonsense. We're just going to turn it off to all North Carolinians. Uh, But this lawmaker pushing back against that idea. I've spoke at high schools to entire populations of entire high school of all of their boys. Last time I did that, I asked anybody to raise their hand that had not watched porn in the last week, and only one young man did. When you get that in the hands of a young person who really doesn't have any life experience to balance that with, you're creating some very destructive males. So Pornhub, one of the biggest purveyors of pornographic videos online, said we're not going to take part in this nonsense because what they wanted, uh, what North Carolina wants uh, their users to do is to go online and each time they hit a website, do the age verification process, which was a two-step process. And Pornhub said, oh, no, why should these people have to give information about themselves to get a web- to a website when most other websites, they do not have to hand over information so that's it. They turned it off. Wow. No access to almost any porn site if you're in North Carolina. Some are still open, but a lot of them have shut off all access. So what you've had over the last five or six days is these North Carolinians who are fans of pornographic videos have used VPNs, anything else they can use to make it look like they're not in the state of North Carolina to access these websites. Mm -hmm. This fight seems like it'll continue. Uh, Florida yesterday in the Florida legislature, they also are pushing this bill that would also do the same thing, make it so you have to be 18 years old to sign on to pornographic websites. So they may be the next state after after North Carolina. Uh, And by the way, big shout out to our listeners at WNOS in uh, New Bern, North Carolina, who I'm sure have very strong feelings about this and might be listening to us instead of um, watching pornography right now, even as we speak. But uh, didn't Utah also do this and wasn't there or or maybe that was uh, a social media age restriction. And I remember the courts had kind of pumped the brakes on that. Why were why were the courts able to get a stay? I mean, obviously, it's different states, different laws. But why were the courts able to get a stay on that Utah situation, but it was able to go into effect in North Carolina? You bring up an excellent point. Pornographic uh, industry has been fighting back against this. Uh, It'll end up in the courts. But for now. This law is the law of the land in North Carolina, Uh, though there is some thought they may push back from this. We'll see what happens because there's been a lot of uh, fighting back and forth on whether this is just your access to the Internet should not be restricted in any way. And this is restricting it. If you every time you sign on to these sites, you'd have to use these age verification. Mm. Interesting. Well, I, you know, look, I, I understand what uh, that legislator is saying. I mean, it is a different ball game in terms of being a child. Why should you be able to access uh, these uh, websites underage? And, uh, you know, I, I kind of get it. I mean, I, I see both sides of this one. I'd want to think a little bit more about this one. Did you see what happened in the Chabad Lubavitch Synagogue in Brooklyn, New York on Monday? W- was this the tunnel? This is the tunnel. Very yeah, bizarre I didn't get story. To, yeah, help me out with this. I, I don't understand this. So we were having a hard time understanding this as well. This is the world headquarters of the Chabad Lubavitch, which is a sect of Judaism. It's in Brooklyn, 770, uh, has been there for decades. Um, and it has become a magnet for a lot of Orthodox Jews as a place to pray. For some reason, it's not clear, this group of, let's say, 
kids, essentially, teenagers to early 20s, had decided they wanted to expand this synagogue underground, make it larger. I mean, it's a pretty large building already. So they started slowly creating a tunnel underground, and they were able to do this. And neighbors uh, to the synagogue said they had heard weird noises late at night, and they couldn't figure out where it was coming because they could see it was underground. And they finally reported it to the FDNY initially, the fire department. Fire department went in, checked it out. They didn't see the tunnel. They had done a good job of Mm. hiding it, these kids. Not even everybody who worked inside this building knew about this tunnel. That's how crazy it was. Then they did a second uh, investigation, and they saw that there was this tunnel that had been created. They said, what the hell is going on here? So uh, the leaders of the Chabad movement brought in cement trucks on Monday to fill in this tunnel. Not only were they saying, you can't just create a tunnel in this building without asking us, but they were worried about the stability of this building. Right. So they were going to pour the cement in, but these kids, essentially 18 to 20-year-olds, uh, got into the tunnel, they they wouldn't leave. And when the NYPD, the police department, came in to try to convince them to leave, they would not. So they made a couple dozen arrests. Wow. Uh, here's one of the leaders of the Chabad movement who says, this can't go on. It was very tragic, obviously. It bothers everyone. It's usually only one time a year that it's closed for a few hours, which is the eve of Passover, which they have to clear it out, clean out the place. Other than that, it's open 24-7, so it's kind of hurting. Yes, so it wasn't immediately clear when this uh, tunnel was constructed, but they think in the last year, uh, nine men between 19 and 21 years old charged with criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, and they faced some real charges, and Chabad wants to go after them. But what was the root cause of why they created the tunnel to begin with? Was it a space restriction issue? Well, that's not 100% clear, but uh, it could just be kids. Now, I know you're 19, 20, maybe you don't call them kids. Kids being kids, that they wanted this own little sort of private place to hang out and where nobody knew about it. They could be there in after hours, and apparently they had. And essentially, that might be the beginning and end of it. It's like, uh, did you see Parasite? Yes, that that secret. I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody, but that secret compartment in that one home that has things going on in that. It reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I think it. It seems like in the end, it's just some kids within the movement being rebellious, and this was their way of being rebellious. Interesting. Wow. Wow. My goodness. Tunnels. Have you bought a Stanley thermos? Are you part of the Stanley no. Thermos craze? I don't, I don't Have even you heard know about what this, this is. No, tell me. Tell me. So Stanley, not the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, of course, is the uh, NHL right, winner exactly. of the hockey championship. These are these um, these drink containers have become just big over the last decade. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. People, everybody walks around with one of these. My neighbor, she has, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, some some other kind of thermos. It's not that, but she never is without it. She, and she says, oh, I love my blank, whatever it is. I don't even know. Yeah, and usually it's 64 ounces. Mm-hmm. It can carry, you know, water or coffee or whatever. This one, Stanley, is a company that goes back, by the way, to the early 1900s. It's more than a 100 years old. They've been making thermoses forever. Initially, it was for uh, giving men coffee as they went to work or hot soup so they could have it on the job and it would keep it warm. Now they figured out how to make themselves relevant again, and they started handing out these Stanley drink cups to media, social media influencers um... and TikTokers, that kind of thing. And this thing all of a sudden just became huge overnight. And their latest cup, which is called the Stanley, uh, went on shelves about a week ago. And as I was coming to work, I pass a Target, 
an outside Target, there was this huge lines of people. Now, I come to work in the middle of the night. I come to work at right. 2.45 in the morning, just like you. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on here? Is there tickets to a concert? I couldn't figure it out. Asked them. This woman said, we're waiting in line to get the Stanley Cup because oh, they apparently had not made goodness. enough of them. And uh, there were fights a couple times in some of these Target stores where the Stanley— It's And all it is, by the way, is a drink cup that keeps your cup— either warm or cold. Part of the reason it became huge was this one video went viral of a woman who was using a Stanley Cup and her car caught fire and the everything in the car was ruined except for the Stanley Cup. And when they took the Stanley Cup out, she had had a cold drink with ice in there. There was still ice in the Stanley Cup. And so that was part of the reason it went so big. Yeti is the uh, yes, drinkware yeah, yeah, yeah. that my neighbor loves. I, I don't know what my wife uses. She's got one of these big things. I don't think it's Stanley or Yeti, though. But Yeti's huge. I never really gave it much thought. But I guess, see, social media, that's it. You can't get a hold of one of these, by the way, uh, in, unless you know somebody who knows somebody. And if you go on to uh, any website that sells these things, people are reselling them for hundreds of dollars. Wow. It retails for 45 bucks. My Goodness. Yeah. Stanley it is. Wow. Stanley, I presume. All right. Thank you, Noam. Sure. You've done a yeoman's job as always. And now you know the rest of the story. All right. 800-848-9222 if you want to comment on anything that we have uh, talked about thus far. You know, speaking of drinks, I, look, I've admitted against, I, I fought this, but as of the last, what year is it? Out of the last three or four years, maybe five years, if I'm being honest, at least the last three or four, I have, I tried to fight against the white cloth uh, craze, but I'm a white cloth guy. I hate it. I hate that it's so trendy and I'm a part of the trend. I like to go against the trend, but it's just so convenient, so refreshing or you don't have to make your own seltzer and club soda. I, that's what I, I mean, uh, vodka and seltzer. That's what I would always say. I said, oh, I don't need that white claw. All these guys just popping up in a white claw. I'll make my own. I can put exactly as much seltzer in there as I want. I can put exactly as much vodka in. And if I want to squeeze a little lemon or a little lime, I'll do it. Well, look, you realize pretty quickly how awesome these white claws are. Okay, they're so much better than any other hard... Again, I don't want to sound like I'm endorsing them because they don't give me anything for free. But um, they're so much better than any other type of hard seltzer, and they're so convenient, and they're refreshing when you only want just a quick drink and not as heavy as a beer, not as intoxicating as just a straight bourbon. And so what they've been doing the last year or two is they've been diversifying. It's not just hard seltzer. Then they went into all these different flavors. Then I was in the liquor store maybe about six, seven months ago, and they gave me a sample of White Claw Vodka. It's a vodka, not a hard seltzer, a vodka flavored like a White Claw. So my friends uh, Rich and Danielle, they sent me this photo, which I have to tell you, and then they came out with White Claw Surge. You familiar with that? It's a little bit more alcohol. So if you don't want the 5% light alcohol content of a white claw, you get the surge that gets an 8%. So uh, my friends Rich and Danielle sent me this that I thought was a joke. Okay. (laughs) It's from a grocery store. It's a picture. New white claw 0% alcohol. 
non-alcoholic, full flavor, 15 calories with hydrating electrolytes. Now, White Claw is a hard seltzer. So if you're serving White Claw with 0% alcohol, isn't it just seltzer? Isn't it just flavored seltzer? Who's going to buy this? Now, I was the guy five years ago saying, who's going to buy vodka and seltzer? And a billion dollars later, or whatever they've made, they've shown what a jerk I am. I, again, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, as George W. Bush would say, you can't fool me again. And shame on me for doubting them again. Who would buy this? White Claw, 0% alcohol. What's the point? What's the point? And it's a real thing. They have a website and everything. And they are marketing this like crazy. It's called White Claw Zero. And um, yet, you go to the website, you still have to enter your date of birth to prove that you're 21. Well, if there's no alcohol in it, why do I have to be 21? So I don't know where that's going. But I don't see the point. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, quite frankly. And I, I say this as a guy that's become a White Claw, you know, convert. White Claw, 0% alcohol. How about just get a Pellegrino or a, you know, I like bubbly. That's my mineral water of choice Um, or whatever. What's the point? 0% alcohol? Ridiculous. It's, you know, it reminds me of, um, you remember in in Five Easy Pieces with the scene with Jack Nicholson, and I didn't know I was going to mention this. I would have pulled the... The audio because Jack Nicholson is just such a, a master. But he's trying to order a um, he's trying to order just bread, right? And they won't give him just bread, so he orders a chicken sandwich. Hold the chicken, hold the lettuce, hold the tomato. No mayo, right? So and that's his way of ordering bread. I feel like this is what these folks are doing. With White Claw Zero. It's not just seltzer. So, all right. 800-848-9222, 15 seconds of fame. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Great, Andy B. for this uh, theme song. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to weigh in on any subject you like for 15 seconds. All you have to do is dial 800-848-9222 as part of... The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. Marco. Andre Raji. 
if American blacks were a nation, an independent nation, they would be the 12th wealthiest country out of 200 countries in the world. And seventh after reparation of one million per black. In Jerry! If you do something out of fear, you're a child. All radio talk show hosts everywhere, please explore the 2020 elections. Mike! Morning, Frank. My crew and I are digging a tunnel to the other side of Midnight Radio. We should be breaking through any day now. Be advised. Mike. What we need is a leader, a proven leader, 62, 63 years old, Alan West for president. Alex. Uh, I think Joe Rogan should have you on his program once a month. He would find you amusing and very informative. And I think you should have me as a guest on your show once in a while. Sam. There's a moron, there's a moron. Robert. In NetSpeak, it's called Trending. White Claw Zero wants to be the trendsetter. Rocco. You're in the clutches of the claw, Frank. Guzzle, guzzle, guzzle. I think I should be on that list, Frank. I'll charge you a lot less than Aaron Rodgers. Believe me, a lot less. Lisa. How about Arnold Schwarzenegger, Leonardo DiCaprio, Pamela Anderson, Flavor Flav, or Dave Chappelle? I think that's a good list. Somebody said uh, Dave Chappelle, though. All right, that's Land of the Lit on things for today. If we didn't get to you, Rusty and Silas, we'll try and get to you first tomorrow. Uh, be back tomorrow. Brian Kilmeade will be here, still coming on for free, which is nice of him. And uh, a lot of other fun stuff we have up our sleeves tomorrow. Frank Morano, good day.